The Blitz is broadcasting in HD on your FM dial. Turn your HD-equipped radio to 106.9 KHTT HD2. All right, it's 2.08 here on The Blitz 1170. My man Dan is just walking around with a giant box full of Waterburger. Like trying to hand it off to everyone. And he hasn't walked in here and I'm This is hilarious. Upset. Like I'm watching this through the door. And I'm watching a gentleman that's more than likely gonna take this and put it in his freezer so he has dinner for the next week. <laughs> uh take this take this <laughs> water burger that Dan is trying to pawn off on people. Uh that's the biggest box like to go box I've ever seen in my life, by the way. Can that become like a thing around here? Can we just get Dan to walk around delivering Whataburger every day? Well, he's got to do sales too, but... Does he? I think he'd be better suited to do this. Just just to make all of us feel better. Right? I mean, I like Dan seeing Dan. Dan can forego that. I like seeing Dan, so... Yeah, part of that, I'm being selfish, right? We get to see Dan and we get Whataburger every single day. I like it. All right, let's hit up that Oklahoma Ford Dealers hotline and welcome in Eli Letterman here in the program. Eli, do you get... Uh, people from your staff walking around inside of your uh, office area delivering Whataburger out of a large box for you? No, this is ridiculous. I'm jealous. <laughs> of you. I kind of want the rest of the play-by-play, but I'll say this. If you guys create a full-time position for Whataburger boy, <laughs> I will be there. I'll move to Tulsa tomorrow. Okay. And that I will be your guy walking around handing out um, Whataburger. You get me a, an outfit, a uniform. You, I can sing a song, whatever I got to do. If you create a full-time position, I'll be there. There was like eight boxes in the break room, giant boxes <laughs> of all the Whataburger that they dropped off up here today. I don't know what's going on, but I do greatly appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime that we can get some free Whataburger for crying out loud. It's a big day over at the Blitz. It is a very busy day indeed. <laughs> uh, how are you, man? How, uh, how, how are you holding up as the calendar flips to November covering the Oklahoma Sooners? Well, as the calendar flips to November, it's not just football anymore. We got hoops We've on both sides. We've got softball schedules dropping, gymnastics getting going. So we're, I, I mean, it's hard to say it's been any kind of break covering OU football, but we're now heading to that time of year where, where all the other teams in Norman get going and, and things really do get exciting. Yes, they do. Uh, but first things first, we got to still get this whole football thing figured out. So that's where my first question would lead to you. Based off of just the overall feel about where they're at now, say compared to three weeks ago, uh, where would you rank just the overall feeling right now with the football team compared to where they were? Yeah, I guess if you could have cooked up a perfect remedy uh, after that three-game losing streak, it probably would have looked something like playing Kansas without its starting quarterback a bye week and then getting to play Iowa State with, with the Big 12's best defense but also a rushing attack that was going to make Oklahoma's run defense look good, give them that confidence game. Um, and, and, and they they got it at Iowa State over the weekend. So that three-week stretch I think was pretty pivotal. And, and even coming out of the bye week, if things had gone differently in Ames, we would be having a very different conversation about the direction of the rest of the season. So that was a really big win for the Sooners coming out of the bye week. And now in terms of the field, there, there is that confidence, the two straight wins of, a, of an, you know, still an impressive road win at Iowa State. I mean, don't get it wrong. That, that, that's a tough opponent, and, and they needed to uh, kind of pull everything, pull out every stop. They had turnovers. They had a special teams touchdown, and they had the punting of Michael Turk that, that got them to that win. Uh, but now that sends the Sooners into these last four games where, where the road's going to get a lot, lot tougher starting Saturday with Baylor 
uh, with some confidence and, and I would say some optimism of, of where this season could end. Um, I'm glad that you kind of touched on the way that they won that, though, Eli, is because the first thing that you hear, and look, I think we're as guilty of it as anyone here in talking about that win over Iowa State, it's like, it's the yeah, but factor. Yeah, but Iowa State's this. Yeah, but Iowa State's that. None of that matters at all because Oklahoma's not in the position in the calendar year of 2022 with their football program to start talking about all those. What matters most is to go in there and get a win no matter what, and they were able to accomplish that, even if Iowa State's offense is is not great. Yeah, Brent Venables said something interesting yesterday in his press conference about ugly wins and how they're grinding it out. He hates those terms because it makes it sound like, you know, that winning is any kind of given or, or that, you know, there's such a thing as, as a game you don't grind out because you, you do have to do all those things uh, to, to win a college football game, to win, a, you know, any game at Jack Price Stadium, that no matter where Iowa State's at, that's a really tough place to go play. And so, um, you know, the Sooners in some ways did grind it out. Punting uh, was huge. The special teams was big. They, they had kind of very timely turnovers, and as, as things got dicey. Uh, but to your point, these Sooners can't worry about style points. Uh, just just wins over this last part of the season uh, is what's so important. And, and that takes you to this weekend where, you know, maybe the yeah, but is there that, yeah, but they did it against Iowa State. Now let's see, can they can that run defense, which still remains last in the Big 12, show up against a, a more dynamic offense and, and things onward from there. But it was a big win. There's no doubt about that name. What stood out to you about their performance outside of everything having to come together? As you mentioned, what were other elements of this victory that you maybe hadn't seen over the past couple of weeks? Well, one missing piece was, was Billy Bowman. I mean, his, <laughs> his absence certainly coincided with, uh, with that three-game losing streak. The, the secondary looked completely different without him. And he only returned to play 44 of like a possible 84 snaps. So it was not you know, like he was there full strength and they had their guy back there, but that changed things in the secondary. That's going to allow Key Lawrence and Woody Washington to play in their more natural spots. Um, but, but on from there, it really was up front, that front seven. I mean, the linebacking play led by Deshaun White, who had his best game, arguably as a Sooner, um, on Saturday. They've been consistent right in the middle. And this was the day that finally you saw some of that defensive line talent, whether it was up the middle with Isaiah Coe or, on the edge with Reggie Grimes and Jonah Lulu. They, they did, I think, what a lot of us might have projected they could do in terms of, of getting into the backfield and, and containing a rushing attack really well. Uh, and, and that was the difference. And that's what we have not seen from the Sooners really since, uh, since the early weeks of non-conference play when they were playing UTEP and Kent State. We talked about this a little bit last week, but Bowman, in his absence, if there's one positive and there's not that much that you can say about his absence at all, I know they've had to move some parts around, but over the last couple of weeks, I think you really saw someone in in Robert Spears Jennings that is at least being looked at on the positive side for the future moving forward because he played pretty well over the last couple of games. That's one bright spot to find some depth at that spot uh, with Billy Bowman out. I think so, and I would pull another Tulsa product in, in Gentry Williams in that conversation too that the, the pushing and pulling within that secondary with, with absences and with trying guys in different spots, it's tested the depth. And right now that depth includes Robert Spears, Jennings and Gentry Williams. And they've gotten opportunities that, that are, are going to, and, and they've proven themselves in those spots in, in large part. I mean, Gentry Williams is only in on a couple of snaps, but got, uh, got tested and, and didn't get beat. 
and Robert Spears Jennings really over a few games now has, has proven to be, you know, as a true freshman, simply a, you know, quality depth guy that, that they can put out there and have some trust in. And, and that's pretty significant when you consider uh, the, the amount of playing time both these guys have gotten. And, and that's, you know, sort of where you start looking at these last four games. Like what, what, what constitutes a quote unquote championship? They're not going to the title game. Uh, they it would need one more win to qualify for a bowl. So after that, you probably look at, you know, the, the defense and can it sustain some of this level? Can some of those freshmen get out there and, and look at those as wins over the final course of, of this season? Because we're not talking about some of those traditional goals that they might have in Norman. I have not asked anyone yet this week about it, but I was listening on the radio and then I had a chance to go back and watch it. But I was laughing at the reaction of just the radio crew when they basically took the entire offensive line out all at one time. And they put every backup that's in there with Dylan Gabriel and Eric Gray. Well, I think Rain was still in there, right? But, I mean, it was essentially like everyone else. It was like nine guys at one time with an entire hockey line change, however you want to refer to it. It was a little weird scenario, and hearing them describe it on the radio uh, and then to get to see it, what what did Levy have to say about that? And is that something that's just a reps thing that he's trying to do to get them action within, within a game, uh, a certain game situation? That was a, a line change that would have made the Tulsa Oilers blush. It was impressive. Uh, in terms, it, it is exactly what it looked like—a hockey line change, except in a football game. And I think there's the two ways of looking at this, and I, I can leave it up to to you and everyone out there to, to decide. You know, Jeff Levy after the game, you know, just kind of winked about it and was asked and said, "You like that?" Like it was, you know, it was, it was creative and funky and something you don't see very often. Um, it, but you know, in the time since, he basically said, "You know, that was us just wanting to get guys reps." reps in early so that if we have to call them later, we will. It's a long game. Uh, I think that's one way of looking at it from a very, you know, just getting the young guys in. I think another is that that, that resembled what they did at uh, TCU when the offense was struggling. They mm-hmm. had two sort of wasteful possessions there. I, I think that's their wake-up call because if, if you look at Kansas, there were 102 snaps and there were plenty of opportunities to work those guys in, and they didn't, not like that, and not in a spot like that. So I, I looked at, at that more as, a little jump start to the offense or a you know time to shape up more than more than anything else offensively there's Eric Gray again leading the way 100 yards 20 attempts uh got the late touchdown to basically put the game away now he did leave there in the third quarter uh with a little bit of an injury but uh the the offense itself I don't know how you would even uh, frame the overall performance offensively. Uh, it was good enough, right, to get a victory. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't great. It wasn't anything else. But a lot of that is because Iowa State's still really damn good defensively. So to be able to go up there and just execute in a in a certain way and overcome even some of the problems that you had, I think that's a that's a telltale sign about moving forward, uh, whether it's mentally. Uh, with with the Oklahoma offense or not, but I think that they can take a lot out of this game moving forward. Yeah, it's kind of a, a mixed bag there because it's an Iowa State defense, like you said. I mean, they've they've only given up 27 points to so many teams. That was impressive. At the same time, you would look at it and say, well, we we had one special teams touchdown and another set up by the interception from Danny Stutzman, set up a four yard touchdown, and really the only you know, legit scoring touchdown scoring drive was the Jaleel Farouk touchdown, which was the result of a big play. So you'd, you'd still, there's good and bad in that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, but to your point on starting with Eric Gray, I mean, he has continued to be that guy for them. And each week just seems to, to meet the moment and, and deliver what they need. He's been so big, and he was big. You know, as you mentioned, he sat out. He was in the medical tent for a lot of that third quarter. You, you were beginning to wonder, is he back at all today? Is he back at all this season? It, it really felt that way for a second. And then he comes back, has the fourth quarter touchdown to ice the game. But now you are looking at an Oklahoma uh, running back collection that, that is pretty banged up. We don't know quite what Eric Gray is dealing with. We know Javante Barnes, who missed out at Iowa State. He's still dealing with a hammy pull. And, and Marcus Major is, is not quite there yet and isn't back up to full speed. And, and he was all he, he deputized for, for Eric Gray at Iowa State. But going into this weekend with a lot of uncertainty there at a really crucial spot for, for what this Sooners offense does. They need those running backs. Well, and here we go again, another good defensive team. Uh, what, top 30 in the country in total defense. They know what they're doing there. Dave Aranda as well has had success against Oklahoma. Uh, they're, uh, well, well, last year especially, and then what happened in the Peach Bowl there. This is just a, uh, he, he's a really, he coaches a really physical brand of football, and this is not going to be any easier even for Oklahoma back at home this weekend. No, not at all. I think I think everything gets tougher from here. There's not a soft spot remaining on the schedule, uh, and Baylor's certainly not that. They're going to be a defensive challenge. A, an interesting difference this week. I think OU has seen a lot of really talented uh, edge, you know, defensive line talent, but they they've probably not faced a team with this much up the middle. So it's going to be a challenge, a, a test for that interior of the offensive line. On the other side. You've got a Baylor team with, with one of the most experienced and, and well-equipped offensive lines in the country, and, and the Big 12 kind of breakout star in Richard Reese, the freshman running back leading the conference with, with 12 touchdowns, and he just had a huge weekend against Texas Tech. So that, that rushing defense that we just talked about, the one that shut Iowa State down, it's going to have a way stiffer challenge, and, and it's, it's probably going to start there with, with what they can do uh, against this Baylor defense, and then if they can't stop the run, I, I think you might be looking – at games that resemble more PCU or Kansas State than um, than any of these last couple. Before we uh, let you run, as Eli Letterman joins us from the uh, Tulsa World, so the football team had a coach resign, right, and kill Gundy, and now the basketball team has had an assistant resign here in the early stages of this. What's the latest with uh, the resignation there on the basketball side? I know it was listed as a personal matter which is vague and can mean a variety of different things but not optimal right to be going into the season and lose one of your assistant coaches yeah for, for where we are right now that's probably the best way to put it is suboptimal no matter what the the case is because uh matt brady who had been at, at maryland the last four years he came in june to join porter moser's staff and now six days before the season um, he, he resigns and, and the Sooners are, are down an assistant, you know, whatever impact directly that has. But it's interesting. We really don't know beyond that press release yet um, what the circumstances surrounding that resignation were. It was, it was listed as personal reasons. And I'm, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll learn here in the coming days, weeks, whatever. Porter Moser is supposed to speak uh, either tomorrow or Friday. But what is interesting is that Matt Brady had made a pretty decent imprint pretty early. He, he was known among the players as the shot doctor as someone who worked with a lot of these guys, particularly Jalen Hill in the summer on their jumpers. And Porter Moser just last week, you know, talked about Matt Brady as someone he'd known in the profession for years. He'd run into him on AAU courts and on the recruiting trail. He was really excited to have him here because he was committed to player development. And, and like Porter Moser, he's been a head coach. And so, uh, so he knows uh, what Porter's 
he Porter liked the fact that he sort of knew that Matt Brady would know what he, he was going through. And so it's, it's interesting. The timing can't be optimal, uh, but we'll see where it kind of goes from here. And look at you following up with Katy Perry today, talking about one of her favorite sounds ever <laughs> is the sound of a crisp newspaper being read over breakfast for an hour or so. And then, uh, popping out of it, the folding, the scribbling on the crossword, and Eli's like, right there, amen, support your local newspaper. Huh? Huh? Maybe not quite maybe maybe not quite Trevor Knight levels, right, with Katy Perry, like uh, calling him out. But there's probably a Trevor Knight joke in there. There there is somewhere. Um uh, I I'll I'll spare you from that. But uh but yeah, nice to see Katy Perry sticking up for the old newspaper that's uh, rolled up inside of your driveway or on your driveway every single morning. Beautiful. It is indeed. Eli, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Uh, Have fun coming up this weekend, and we'll definitely be in touch soon. Thanks for having me, guys. That's Eli Letterman joining us here on the Blitz 1170. He covers the Oklahoma Sooners for the Tulsa world. This morning at 8, we made the announcement. The Blitz honors every Wednesday the best in Oklahoma high school football. It's the Athlete of the Week presented by First Priority Bank, member FDIC, right here on the Blitz 1170. First Priority Bank will make a $500 donation to the athletic department of that player's high school. Speaking of high school football, I want to remind everyone that, yes, we have the Jinx Trojan game for you coming up tomorrow on the FM dial. So they're getting the call up, Matt. The Trojans are getting the call up yeah. from double A um, here on radio to triple A to FM. Big Country, 99.5 for the Jinx Trojans and Bixby Spartans, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kick on your home for Jinx, the Blitz 1170 slash Big Country, (laughs) 99.5. Timeout. We'll come back with more next year on the Blitz 1170.